0: Recently, I was looking at the YouTube channel for our show, and I noticed something kind of odd. Do you know what the number one video is? I want to remember it's the watch. This, of course, is my boss, Marsha Bemko. And she's right. Our number one video is an appraisal of a watch. But which watch?
1: Watches kill on YouTube. Yeah. All of
0: them. In fact, the top two videos are both watches. And not only that, both Rolex watches. But the question is, why are the top two most watched videos on YouTube for Antiques Roadshow Rolexes?
1: You know what I've noticed all these years of making the shows? Watch people, forgive me watch people, who really like your watches. You are obsessed, watch people. You are so obsessed. You have these special geeky Magazines, and you'll spend ridiculous amounts of money on something you wear on your wrist. And they're devoted, these guys are devoted,
0: yeah, yeah. And so, wait, in defense of watch people, what would you do if the number one video was a giant pink diamond? Well, I'd
1: be wishing I could wear it (laughs) because I like diamonds, and pink is my favorite color.
0: Sadly for Marsha, diamonds just don't bring in the big clicks. Online, it's all about the Rolexes, and today, I want to find out why. I'm Adam Monahan, a producer with GBH's Antiques Roadshow, and this is Detours. Today, the Rolex effect. Funding for detours comes from American Cruise Lines, proud sponsor of Antiques Roadshow. On an American Cruise Lines journey along the legendary Mississippi River, travelers explore classic southern estates, Civil War battlefields, and historic American towns. Aboard their fleet of modern riverboats, you can experience local culture and cuisine and relive American history. To learn more, visit AmericanCruiseLines.com. Ancestry can help you discover your origins, build a family tree, and search historical records, giving you more ways to learn about your family's past and connect over their stories. Visit Ancestry.com to learn more. So if we take the top two videos on our YouTube channel, they're actually weirdly similar.
2: Two Rolexes appraised by Peter Plains. I believe they're both veterans and they're both very touched. And they're just like, they're somewhat similar appraisals.
0: This is Hannah Auerbach. She runs our social media.
2: But the big difference is the second most watched one, we saw that one coming.
3: I uh, I brought in a Rolex watch that I had purchased while I was in the military. And Our second most watched
0: appraisal is from Bonanzaville, out in West in China, Fargo, North Dakota. From the guest is an older man with long gray hair held back in a bandana. And as soon as he hears how much his Rolex is worth,
4: right now at auction, is worth about four hundred thousand dollars.
0: He simply collapses onto the pavement. You okay? Which is why this appraisal is affectionately known as Falling Down Guy.
4: Don't fall. Don't fall.
2: You never know what's going to become a viral video. I wish yet. we could bottle it's it and sell it, but um, okay. we knew ahead of time we got to put this on YouTube for that Please night. Watch send out the press release, do everything, because this is a a moment, right?
4: It happened Monday on Antiques Roadshow. A man in West Fargo, North Dakota. It's the reaction that's being seen around the world. A man in West Fargo. Four hundred thousand dollars His reaction?
0: Priceless. $400,000. Within days, the video had millions of views. But it did not take the number one slot, which was already held by another Rolex appraisal.
2: This other one, our top one, I wish I could say that we felt that way, but it snuck up on us.
0: This video has been online for years, slowly but surely racking up the views, even though, like Hannah said, there's really nothing remarkable about it. I mean, it's good, but it's certainly no falling down guy. The star of this video is a man named Paul, and I decided to give him a call to see if he could help me understand the enduring appeal of him and his watch.
5: I got the watch when I was over in Europe. Uh, I was in the army at the time. This was in Germany? I'm sorry, yes, it was in Germany. And um, I was getting ready to uh, come back to the States to be uh, discharged. And my sergeant told me, he said, you know, before you go back to the States, you ought to get a Rolex watch. He said, it's the best watch in the world. He said, and you won't be able to afford it once you get back to the States. So there was a uh, Canadian PX not too far from where we uh, were stationed. And I took a little ride over there and decided the one I wanted, uh, I guess for looks, but it was a great looking watch, was the uh, GMT Master. So, um, forgive my ignorance, what's a PX? It's a uh, store open only to military uh, personnel where you can buy things uh, at reasonable prices as compared to what you'd get on the open market.
0: Now, you said that, I I believe in the appraisal, you you spent like a month's salary or so or over that on on this Rolex. Oh, it was more, yeah. (laughs) Did you have any hesitation of spending over a month's salary, though, on, on a wristwatch?
5: No uh I guess when you're in the army there's not much you can do with your your money except <laughs> booze and go out and have a good time and buy things. <laughs> I I took advantage of being in Germany and and purchased things like German steins and and I uh, got a cuckoo clock and Do you still have the cuckoo clock? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh- I don't I don't use it a lot because you hate to hear that cuckoo <laughs> at night. <laughs> Um, so years later, we'd roll
0: into town. Tell us, tell me about uh, bringing the watch to road show. Was it? Did you know right away
5: that would be what you'd bring? No, no. Uh, what happened was um, you're allowed to bring three items per person, and my wife had picked out her items, and I was going around the house saying, you know what? What is there of interest? And. Before we left home, my wife says, well, if you can't think of anything, why don't you bring your Rolex? I wasn't wearing it, so I just gathered up all the, uh, all the paraphernalia and, uh, at the last minute, and that's what we brought. This was at our Tucson show
0: in 2015. Take
1: Have a great time. Glad you made it to the road show. And thank you. Don't forget to use that awesome smile, too, sir. Okay, okay. Have a great time. Thank you. Have a great
0: Paul was paired with our watch expert, Peter Plains.
4: Hi, well, thank you for coming in today. Um, Tell me about what you brought in.
5: Well, I brought my uh, Rolex GMT Master that I bought 55 years ago. Um, I I wasn't expecting to get a a large appraisal on it, uh, but I thought it would be nice to know what it was worth.
4: Well, just the watch on its own merit would be worth today between thirty-five dollars and
5: $45,000. I thought it was going to be worth a lot less than Peter had told me.
4: But this watch is worth much more because oh. you saved the box and all the paperwork for it.
0: What made you keep all that extra material
5: with the watch? Oh, you don't really want to know this story. <laughs> well, my wife was in what they call a green room, and, and they were broadcasting in-house what was going on.
4: It's incredible that you've saved everything. Is there a reason why you saved all this paperwork? Because you don't see this.
5: Uh, I'm just lucky, I guess. And my wife was in the green room screaming uh, at the monitor, saying, tell him you're a a pack rat, (laughs) which I am. Uh, But luckily, it paid off this She's like, he still has got a cuckoo clock from 1960 (laughs) that he doesn't even run. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's right. It's in a closet. (laughs)
4: Because you saved the box and all the paperwork for it easily today. It's sixty-five dollars to $75,000 in the market. Wow. Probably more than a month's pay in the military right now. Wow. I
5: had no idea.
0: Paul looks down at the table, takes a breath, and brings one hand up to his
5: face. I'm speechless. Thank you very much. I was not prepared for that. After Peter told me what it was worth, we went directly home and up to the bank and put it in the safety deposit box. And that's where it is today.
0: So it's not your dress watch anymore, it's your bank watch. Not
5: anymore. Yeah. That's That's a lot to wear on
0: your wrist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is amazing that these, these watches have gone up in price so much since when you originally purchased it. Like, I have no clue why that is.
5: Well, uh, I, I don't know. There, there are collectors that collect everything. And uh, apparently Rolex watches are very collectible.
4: Very collectible indeed. But why? And since when? My name is Peter Plains, and uh, as far as the Antiques Roadshow, I am an appraiser and uh, generally sit at the watch table.
0: Peter was the appraiser for both our top two videos, and he's been in the watch business basically his whole life.
4: It all started when I was 12 years old. We went to an antique show, and this dealer says, I want to get out of the watch business. And he had three pocket watches, and he said he would take $50 for the three And somehow I talked my father into lending me $50. And uh, I ended up selling them for $150. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's originally how I got into collecting antique watches.
0: That deal was about 45 years ago now. And a lot has changed in that time. Like, I've been on the show almost 20 years, and I'm sure we did Rolexes. I don't remember the numbers being like this. When did this start? Well, when I was a kid...
4: Rolexes really weren't well-known, period, you know? And really, uh, Rolex was very smart in their marketing. They had an alliance with Pan American Airlines. So the pilots were wearing Rolexes. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard the spacious cabin so people flying started seeing people wearing the rolex i mean people have told me that and that you know back in the 1970s and that's when they became aware of rolex ladies and gentlemen this is your captain speaking we're now at cruising altitude 35,000. and then you know if you look at some of the movies like you know the early james bond with sean connery he's wearing an early submariner rolex mr bond james bond
5: Mr. Bond, I suppose you wouldn't...
0: Since then, Rolexes have popped up in lots of movies, like Titanic, American Psycho, and Apocalypse Now, which actually featured Marlon Brando's own personal watch, the same model as the one from our show, in fact. Rolexes have also been spotted on the wrists of the British royal family, and too many celebrities to count. I'm looking at you, Robert Downey Jr.
4: This is a Rolex, but it's kind of black and shiny. You can't go wrong with a Rolex. Can you
3: tell us about it? The watch
0: has become an icon in itself. Not just an object of wealth, but a symbol of wealth. As in the hit 2017 song by Ayo and Teo.
4: And somewhere along the line, collectors took note. It was in the 1990s where the interest started, and it's just been progressing. I mean, what they call the Paul Newman, which was the early model Daytona Cosmograph. When I started, when I was 17 years old, buying them, I used to pay $350 and sell them for $375, and nobody wanted them because it was a manual wind watch. And who wanted a Rolex you had to wind every day? Well, that's a $150,000 watch on average now. The watch that our guest Paul owns is actually a
0: great example of this collectible phenomenon. It's the original model of the Rolex GMT Master from 1960. That model used a plastic material called Bakelite for the piece that secures the watch face itself, what's called the bezel.
4: It was basically a plastic material which just really didn't function very well, cracked, broke very easily. It, it, didn't, it didn't do well with ultraviolet light in the sun.
0: So very quickly, Rolex came out with a new version, with a new material for the bezel. So then they went to uh, anodized aluminum. Which means that today, the very thing that made the watch flawed, its plastic bezel, now makes
4: it incredibly rare. So the collectors look at that as the really important piece to have. With that original bezel, the bezel is extremely important on that watch. And so, when you were when you were a kid,
0: like, and sell, what would that one have been like when you were a youngster? Nobody would have wanted that
4: one. They would have wanted the more modern one.
0: But they sure do want it now. The interest has exploded. Coming up, I take a dive into the massive online world of watch collecting and hear from one viewer who has had just about enough of all the Rolexes. Okay, so far we've heard from a couple dudes who love their watches. Paul, our guest, and Peter, our appraiser. The watch love will continue, don't worry. But before we go any further down this rabbit hole, And before I start thinking about buying some risk candy for myself, I figured it's time for a reality check from a fan and friend of the show.
1: As a roadie, I am happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're one of you're affectionately what we call one of the roadies who are the people who tweet with us on Monday nights at eight, seven central and with the hashtag uh, Antiques Roadshow. Yes. (laughs) This is Melinda, and she has some feelings about Rolex watches. And so the reason that I I have you on the podcast is cuz one of the items that we're featuring for season 2 is a Rolex.
1: Yay. <laughs> 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 it's a Rolex. <laughs> Yay.
0: <laughs> and so I need the voice of the non Rolex enthusiasts to, to, to know the camps that are that are out there, because
1: I'm kind of with you on this. <laughs> I, okay. I, I have a couple things about Rolex. OK, first off, it's a watch and usually they're not even like that fancy and pretty. They're usually like ugly and plain as sin, you know, so it's like it's only the name attached to it. And to me, that X doesn't stand for like extravagance or excellence. It stands for extra money I can spend on other things.
0: <laughs> Hang in there. She's just getting started.
1: You know, like, and nobody's going to get, when you're wearing one of those watches, nobody's going to get up that close. Like, that's something you have to announce. Be like, oh, Buffy, it's a Rolex. You know, the only thing I want to announce about my outfit is like, if my dress has pockets, you know, so it's just, it, and I understand it's one of those name brands, you know, I totally get it. That like, it's going to bring in a lot of money. It's something that people who are not watching every week, are like, oh, Rolex, I know that, you know, but like, man, I just don't, I don't get the, it's just a watch. It's, a watch. it's not like Tiffany Lance where you're like, yes, Tiffany, and they're gorgeous to look at and you're like, wow, that is some pretty stained glass. You're like, it's a watch with a band and hands that move. <laughs> Yay. I mean, that's really what it is. <laughs>
0: Of course, not everyone feels this way. So I wanted to find some more recent converts to the cult of Rolex, the kind of people who are driving up the click count on those appraisals. I had one lead for where to find such people, a theory from our social media guru, Hannah Auerbach, about why Paul's appraisal in particular has gotten so much love on YouTube.
2: I think another big thing, which has also contributed to the success of a lot of our YouTube videos is Reddit, has a huge watch collecting community.
0: So we checked the subreddit for watches and sure enough, found our appraisal. It was posted there by a YouTuber who uses the handle You're Terrific, but we can call him Evan. Now, did you grow up around watches? How did you get into all this?
3: No, I didn't grow up around watches. The truth is, the way I started was uh, I knew that smartwatches were coming in and um I thought, well, I'm probably going to get one of those when they come out. So let me try wearing an old watch that I have just for a month and see if I'm even comfortable having something on my wrist. And sure enough, I was. And not only that, I was like, you know what? I think I actually like the real watch better.
0: Fast forward a few years. Evan has posted over 75
3: watch review videos on YouTube and has over 20,000 subscribers. The Bell and Ross BR05 is a controversial watch. Lucky for me. I like orological controversy.
0: In the videos, you never see Evan's face, just a close-up of one arm
3: with the cuff of his shirt folded back to reveal a glimmering wristwatch. This is the Parmigiani Fleurier Toric Quantum, Which Evan then painstakingly describes in a slow, deliberate voice. It doesn't yell, it more seductively asks, hey, how you doing? I have to admit, these videos
0: are weirdly captivating. I find myself wanting a Rolex now, which if you had asked me a week ago, I'd be like, these people are all nuts and I can't believe this is a thing. And now I kind of want one.
3: Welcome to the club.
0: In my personal favorite video, Evan walks us through the entire emotional journey of buying a Rolex for his
3: 40th birthday. About a month ago, I bought this 2004 Rolex Explorer 114270, and it's been a roller coaster ride for me. He takes us from the thrill of putting on a brand new watch. It felt like slipping into a warm bath, that, ah, feeling. Which then gives way to the inevitable buyer's remorse. How could Rolex do this to me, their boy? Did I just waste my money? Did I buy an obsolete watch? And finally, redemption. Are. If you have a watch you love, love it. Don't let anyone diminish that. Most importantly, you. New watches are going to come out. If this sounds to that, totally over the top, it ever is. And Evan realizes that. I think everyone should have a hobby that is, con- that is considered crazy. I think that that is um, that's just being an interesting person.
0: And yours is, yours is vintage watches. Oh, I've got, got a
3: few embarrassing hobbies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this just happens to be one that you have thousands of people who follow you on social media who also share the same embarrassing hobby.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, it's not embarrassing. It's, it's interesting. It's, you know, a hobby that you can learn about and get deep into is one that other people won't understand because it requires that level of investment. And, um, and I think that's just part of being a curious person. The internet, of course, gave
0: all these curious slash crazy watch people a way to find each other.
3: And as that became more popular, there were blogs showing up, Instagram came, YouTube. And eventually, that subreddit where Evan posted our appraisal. I was able to track
0: down another very active member of the group.
1: Uh, I'm Carlos. I go by the Reddit
0: handle Wookie of the Year. Carlos works for a software company in San Francisco. And he had the most upvoted comment on Evan's post about our appraisal. Can you talk about your Reddit community? Like, how big is it?
1: Um, There are 1.5 million subscribers to that subreddit alone. So it's a a pretty big community for uh, Reddit and the internet at large. In terms of internet
0: fandom, that puts watches somewhere between guitars with less than a million subreddit members and cats with about 2.8 million members.
1: Not bad. And then if you get into the world of forums and Instagram, there are forums that have their own subforums specifically for just a single brand. And when you think about all of the different brands out there that have their own like niche fans and niche appeal, it's it's a, a huge world.
3: I went to um Melbourne, Australia for work for 2 days. Once again, the YouTuber Evan. I walk into a watch store and a man says, "Are you Evan?" And I said, "Why? What do you what do you want?" And he said, "I recognize your voice from your YouTube videos." And it was the man at the at the watch store who was selling Grand Seiko's and he recognized my voice and I was honored and scared uh but it shows like how great this community is and he was a delightful person, of course. Peter Plains, our appraiser,
4: actually made this same point. A lot of collectibles are geographic. But when it comes to Rolex, there is a major collector in every country of the world now.
5: hörde klockhandlaren Luxury Watches till oss på Time.
4: Rolex is just, uh, it's an unbelievable brand. Rolex, no, And it spans the decades as well. Where a lot of things, you have older people or you have younger people. Rolex just goes right across the board. You have collectors of every age. The Rolex Submariner
2: in green reference. As Peter
0: explained already, this explosion of interest in collecting and learning about vintage watches has brought with it an explosion in the values of these watches. But for Evan the YouTuber,
3: that's really not the point. And those of us in the watch community, even those of us who have made small profits on these desires, uh, we wish it wasn't this way. We wish the prices weren't as crazy as they are. That's what makes Paul's appraisal so special to a watch lover like Evan. The fact that he didn't know the value. Seeing someone who didn't know what they had is, is pure and innocent, and it shows a lack of cynicism. Uh, it's kind of beautiful, and it reminds us why we like this thing. Why we like watches, because they are sentimental, and they are mechanical, and they're beautifully designed. It's not the money. That's not why we like them. In a way, I wish that these people that are uh, learning all of a sudden what their watches are worth, I wish they never knew. Because it's, it's one or two less people in the world who see watches as something functional and beautiful, as opposed to a valuable asset. So maybe the watch
0: people, for all their obsession with features and specs, are really drawn to Paul for the same reason any person would be.
2: The guy is so sweet. He's so genuine. And people are (laughs) dying sometimes on social media to have feel-good content or something that you connect with emotionally and feels genuine.
0: Again, Hannah Auerbach.
2: And so, like, that could be your dad or your grandpa. And it could be any of us. I mean, that's the Appeal of Roadshow, right? It could be any of us. It hasn't been either of us yet, but it could be. Um, But yeah, I mean, that has been at the top of our most viewed for four years since it went on. And when that other Rolex appraisal happened, we were like, oh, maybe this will be the new number one, but still hasn't beat it.
0: As of this recording, Paul's appraisal has 10,360,741 views, just ahead of Falling Down Guy with 9,914,408. The third place video, which is not a Rolex, isn't even close. It has barely 4 million views. What do you say? How do you account for that? What do you think, why do you think people want to see you in your Rolex? <laughs>
5: i don't know, maybe people want to look at it and think it's funny or something i don't i don't know. Know. think so paul. I, I think people
0: genuinely fell in love with you <laughs> look, it's, i mean it, well i mean here's I just have to t- tell you there's, there's four thousand three hundred twenty two comments on your on your watch on you and your watch. Oh, yeah. Wow. And uh, the, here's some of the, the best comments we got. We got this veteran has one of the most heartfelt reactions I have ever seen on the show. It almost brought <laughs> me to tears.
5: It almost brought me to tears, to tell you the truth.
0: And then finally, he look. and I agree with this one. He genuinely looks like a good, nice, decent person. He deserves every penny he can get for that watch. <laughs> So you mentioned that you have got it in a safety deposit box. Do you have any plans for it? Like what you'll do with it?
5: I have. I have a daughter in Albuquerque, and um, she'll get it in a few years, <laughs> 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 and then and then she maybe can pay off her car or something like that. <laughs> Great. But uh, it's it's been something in my life that uh, you know. I, I guess I'll never forget that that uh, episode
0: well um, on behalf of our uh our marketing guru hannah Arbuck, who runs our youtube channel i just want to say we all love you paul you and your 10 million views
5: <laughs> well thank you very much and uh, you have a good day adam and we'll talk to you later
0: in in our pre-interview you said watch people are crazy I mean, they're a little fanatical, <laughs> is what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing you're right. Watch people are crazy. They're, they're, they are fanatical about their Rolexes. See? But at least I kind of got it. Like, I talked, to, I talked to one of these guys who's got a YouTube channel where he reviews watches. And there was a video that he just went through. He bought a new watch and he went through all the emotions it gave him. And by the end, I was kind of with him. <laughs> 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 See, there's something for everybody. It had seventy thousand views. <laughs> this is the
1: thing. These watch people are crazy, and here we are back at the beginning again. These watch people are nuts. That's like watching paint dry to me, but not to them. Yeah, there's a whole world out there we're not part of. Yeah, it's true. It's people that are really keeping time.
5: as much as you do when you lay your calm gentle ways and bring my mind to the
0: Detours is a production of GBH in Boston and PRX. The show is written and produced by Ian Koss. Our assistant producer is Isabel Hibbard. And our editor is Galen Beebe. Jocelyn Gonzalez is the director of PRX Productions. Devin Maverick-Robbins is the managing producer of podcasts for GBH. And Marsha Bemko is the executive producer of Detours, along with myself, your host, and co-executive producer, Adam Monahan. Our theme music is Once in a Century Storm by Will Daly from the album National Throat. Thank you all for listening. Have a good one.
1: GBH.